And welcome to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I am your host, Sadia, and this is my mother, Ima. Hello, Ima. Hi, sweetness. Hey, so today we're going to be talking about ego. Um, and preferably I'll focus on my mother and, and her ego and, and how um, she kind of lived her life with her ego and if she can explain a little bit more and elaborate on it. Uh, now, you were telling me off the air about a story about ego and about Hasidus. Did you want to explain that a little bit? Okay, well, first of all, let's, let's be honest, okay? Hasidus, you know, teaches us in a way, there's certain ways that we're supposed to be humble. That's true. But on the other hand, we have to walk a fine line. We can't be too humble. We can't let people railroad us and walk over us. And as Jews, we have to stand up. We have to be proud and stand up for being Jews. I once heard a rabbi at a shihor say that Harsinai was a mountain. The Torah was given on a mountain. Why? Not in a valley. To show that you can't be totally 100% humble that you have to have a certain amount of ego about you. And let's face it, you do have to have a certain amount of ego about you to succeed. I was telling you the story of when um, I was studying voice at Peabody and my vocal coach told me that when I walk out on that stage, she says to me, you have to have it in your mind when you walk out on that stage to sing that you are the greatest thing that has ever happened to the earth. I think that's a little too much. <laughs> but, that's think... how you, that's, but that's how, how else can you walk out on a stage? You walk out on a stage knowing that, you are, you're, knowing that you are confident with what you can do. I think there should be a level to it where it's like, I, well, also opera, opera has this very strong le level of ego, I would say. I think singers, I think operatic singers have that level of ego because they have to feel that they're the greatest so people can feel the greatness of their voice. Hmm. But I think when it comes to like listening to, I would say folk music, I don't think they have egos in the sense that they think they're all great. I think they're trying to let their soul come out by through their, through their music, but that's a different type of music. I think opera requires a certain level of ego and I think other music requires different parts of your ego that could very well be true yeah that could very well be true i remember one time having a conversation with um um my voice teacher we were talking about the differences and personalities between uh piano players and vocalists and we said that definitely vocalists have to have more ego than pianists i mean the whole thing when you play piano, you're looking down. You're looking down at the keyboard. So that already speaks for itself. Whereas when you're a vocalist, you're standing up straight and looking out at the audience. Oh, so you're really seeing the impact. You can't, you can't, do you, I would say, have you ever gotten lost in yes. a mo movement of like working yes. on a project? What, care to explain? I don't know if you want to hear the story, but Please, no. okay. Okay, here it is. I was um, singing at a recital at Towson, and um, at the very end of this piece I was singing, I was supposed to sing what's called a melisma in music. Melisma is when you have this long passage where the notes are going very, very quickly all the way up and around and up and around and up and around. 
And I was in the middle of singing this melisma when I totally had a mental block out of nowhere. They say, now, usually people like neurologists, doctors explain it, that sometimes it happens that your brain actually misfires, that one of the neurons, something happens with one of the neurons where it actually misfires and you can all of a sudden in the middle of something just get a blank, blank, like that. And when I realized I had this total blank and forgot where the notes were supposed to go next, I, without thinking, turned around to the man who was accompanying me on the piano, who happened to be a concert pianist, who asked to be able to accompany me. He wanted to do it for the concert. Um, And I just looked at him and I went, oh, uh, oh, Oh, (laughs) no worse. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Oh, shoot. And uh, uh, substitute the I for the L. Oh, yes, for sure. In front of a couple hundred people. Oh, God. And the whole audience just burst into total hysterics of laughter. And then all of a sudden, I remembered where I was, and I finished off the piece. Uh, okay, that's a funny story, but I, not... Th- but I, th- I thought my voice teacher was going to murder me. No, she thought it was pretty funny, actually. Oh, God. I was, I was actually going to say that, 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 that it's a funny story, but that wasn't really what I was trying to get at. I was uh-huh. trying to say that, wait, did you ever get so caught up in the moment of 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 singing or 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 playing your piano or your violin or even your guitar that you kind of got lost in the moment you got into this some kind of i guess phase and if so care to elaborate you mean getting totally involved in the music so that eventually you don't think about the audience and you don't think about uh good question Hmm. um well, in, in general, in some performances, I mean, I've also, I've also acted in a couple plays. And, you know, when you first come out on the audience, when you're about to go on stage, you're, you're, I don't know about a lot of people, but I'm usually a bundle of nerves. But then once the piece starts and I get into it, so I get a little calmer. And um, look, I look at the exit sign. I've, I've sung to more exit signs than anything else. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's we're talking funny. About, but when we were talking about, though, before ego, we were talking about, um, you know, some funny stories with ego. Um, remember, I, I was telling you about that episode of Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah. Rod Serling wrote about the uh, this futuristic uh, society where when a young man or woman turns 18, they give them a type of operation called the transformation if you can you can you know look it up on youtube i'm sure they have the episode yeah and there was a girl who basically what you do is you pick out like some sort of supermodel that you want to look like and there was a girl who didn't want to go through the transformation uh, because her father had educated her basically to have a soul Oh, it's called Number yeah. 12 Looks Just Like You. Yes, uh-huh, right. That was it, yeah. So around the same time, um, uh, so one of her friends in the episode, is, her best friend is trying to convince her to stop fighting and to go along with the transformation. And her friend gives her philosophy of life, which is, as she says, 
Life is pretty. Life is fun. I am all and all is one. So for a joke, me and my sisters and friends, you know, if you seen that episode, we used to say, go around saying that all the time. You know, life is pretty. Life is fun. I am all and all is one. Then around the same time, there was a song that came out where um, the song went, the lyrics of the song went, you've got to live for yourself, yourself and nobody else. You've got to live for yourself, yourself and nobody else. And I was at a dance where they played that song. And so for a joke, I put up my right hand like I was making a, a vow you know, and singing that. And my friends decided to do the same thing. We all had our hands, our right hands up like a vow and going, you got to live for yourself, yourself and nobody else. Everybody started like singing along with the lyrics. Yeah, I think that's, um, I think it's Moody Blues. And then I think James Brown did a cover. Could be. I don't know what, um, I'm, I tell you that a lot of times I, other than the Beatles and maybe Simon Garfunkel, a lot of times I didn't even know what group was playing. I just knew if I liked the song, didn't like it. Your father was into that. Your father could, could tell you which group played what, you know, whatever the date was. Yeah. But I think with, uh, with, with, with ego, um, you know, it's just that you, some, of the, some of the greatest leaders, the really good leaders, they did not seem egotistical. They felt that it was like the, I, I feel like the, the, the best leaders, the most famous, best people were the ones that were realistic with their, with their standards. They were realistic with who they were and what they were capable of, but, yeah. but they definitely had a level of, they, they kept their ego in, in check. I mean, they, it says that, that, that Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses was so humble because he felt that if anybody else was in his place, they would do a better job. Mm. And I, I think it's amazing. And you can't think of any leader that was greater than than Moshe. No, well, everyone looks up to, to Moshe Ben as as a leader. It's it's something like you want you want to be the one that 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 was able to able to lead a group of people who are the most argumentative and opinionated, and you know had their uh, their own. Issues. I mean, that that Moshe himself is, a, is an interesting character. I mean, he had a lisp. He could couldn't really talk. You know, um, Aaron had to, his brother had to speak for him. Aaron had to speak for uh, speak for him. Um, you know that 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 kind of person. He also he also was was weird enough where he was raised by his parents, but also raised by the by the uh, by the 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 queen uh, the, of Pharaoh. I'm not mistaken and that's that's also where where it's like you're raised in royalty you're raised in an environment where you know you can have anything you want and there seems to be this feeling of that when you're some some with some people when they when they have everything that that they can ever want they don't want that they want uh, a, a struggle uh, sometimes they it's and I think I think the journey of the ego is that we what we really want is a challenge and what we, what we really want is to work on ourselves and to get better we want to move forward um, you know because once once you achieve a goal it's gonna like that that there's an excitement for a second but that excitement is very fleeting you know I think the the, the ego needs to really really want to, I guess they, they, they want to move to a level of infinitude 
of, of goals. I don't think they want to, they want, dude, human, human ego is what I'm talking about here. <laughs> and you could, you could correct me or interrupt me as I'm talking, but human ego. Well, there, has, there has to be a certain, there has to be a certain level though. There has to be a certain, I don't know, ego or self, you have to have a certain sense of um, self-confidence. It's like, like, quite honestly, I, um, you, you know, they, you, we've heard the term self-esteem. Yeah. I don't like that term self-esteem because it's been bastardized so much to excuse such um, unexcusable behavior. It, you know, this guy did this horrible crime because, oh, he doesn't have good self-esteem, whatever. But I think self-confidence that you, you have, you believe in yourself that you can try. And if you try hard enough that you'll succeed, you have to have that. You have to have that the, the, the to thing, accomplish something. The thing is also with, but it's not, it's with self-esteem or it's with like depression because depression can be very crippling. Um, but this is something I, at least that, that I, I do for myself is that like, I tell myself that I like being depressed. That's why I do it. Like there's a level of comfort in it. There's a level of, of calmness, there's a level of certainty. And once I understand that, that, that I, I, I want that, I realize that I don't want to be depressed. And it, it takes a while for me at least to, to get out of my, my funk. But I think, I think you have to have a huge ego to be depressed. That's, that's what I think. You need to have a huge ego. Cause you're like, oh, because you're just focusing on yourself. You're just focusing uh -huh. on, on me, 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 me. That's so funny because I remember this um, the same man who accompanied me at that concert was this brilliant concert, worldwide famous pianist. Maybe people have heard of him. Ronaldo Reyes was his name. And one time he was talking to uh, one of my friends. He also gave a lot of per very good personal advice to us. He was, he was very approachable. If you had a problem, you could talk to him and he would make time for you. And um, one of my friends told him that he felt depressed, that he was, de this friend of mine said he was depressed. And this friend told me later on that when he spoke to Ronaldo Reyes about, you know, about my friend, my friend said he personally was depressed. Ronaldo Reyes looked at me and goes, you know, you have to really have a lot of self-centeredness to be depressed. Who do you think you are to be depressed in the first place? Well, yeah, I mean, see, that's what's so funny is, is that like, I'm not trying to put anybody down that that is depressed or going through depression. I'm just telling you what what's worked for me and what I've noticed is that to really it's it's just it's another part of feeding your ego. Your ego wants to be fed. And the more you starve it, the more it's going to it's going to want to be fed and it's going to find ways to be fed. And you have to be very careful to make sure that your ego doesn't get fed. So if you start thinking like, "Oh, like like, I'm so great, I'm so great, I'm so great, you're feeding into your ego. So then you have to say, well, I'm not so great. And then you say, I'm not so great, I'm not so great, I'm terrible. Then you're feeding into your ego the other way. It's, you got to find that, that inner balance between, you know, just finding your truest self. And that's what, what finding yourself really, I think, means, is that being able to find that, that balance where your ego is in balance. 
And you're going to have to constantly do that. There's no way that you could do it, feel accomplished, like, okay, I'm done. I solved this problem. I never have to look at it ever again. I mean, it's going to come at you through all hours of the night, through all different sides to the story, through all different ways. You know, there's no way of, 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 of stopping it because the ego is going to be constantly pressing up against well, you. I think you brought up some very good points. One point that you brought up, like you said, instead of thinking of yourself egotistically, like I'm so great, I'm so this good, said, look at yourself realistically. Everyone has accomplishments. Everyone has areas in life that they excel, that they have talents in, and they have other areas of life that, hey, you know, that's just, that's just not me. You know, I come, everyone's got those things that they're, that they're good at and, they're, and those things that, that hey, it's just, that's just not them. They just don't have a talent for that particular thing. And you need to look at yourself in a realistic uh, life like that. You are, so um, there was something else you brought up. Oh, do I know what was it about um, when you were talking just now? Uh, I forgot what it was. Oh, well. Oh, you um, <laughs> Of course I do my little sweetheart. Oh, you will always be my baby. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that's it basically... Like I said, just basically looking at your looking at life in a realistic way. You know, I told you one time. Um, I told you one time that um, the I was teaching once in the Reformed Temple, and we were discussing the uh, morning brachas, and we yeah. were discussing them on a surface level, and we were discussing them on a philosophical level, and we were discussing the bracha. Pokeach um, Ivrim opens up the eyes of the blind. And we were saying, of course, it means we're thanking God that, you know, that we can see. But what about people who are blind? They say this bracha too. So the class came to the conclusion that this is also a bracha that we will, that we can see reality. Yeah. That makes, that's, that's very interesting. Um, I don't know if, 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 if the whole storyline, I don't know. But that's very interesting that like, I think also, I think I saw this saw on Facebook. Somebody was asking, what bracha does somebody say who can't speak and can't hear and can't see? And I think I had to talk about, about, about the, the, the feeling of the sensations, um, the sensations that, 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 some, that somebody like that has, what they're, what they're able to what they're really able to feel. Well, you know, like Helen Keller proved that just because somebody has these disabilities doesn't mean that they can't think and they can't communicate and that they can't feel and be a very you know, productive, um, thinking, intelligent human being. And now with computers, you hear all sorts of stories of people who are severely disabled like that, but because they can type, they can communicate. Yeah. And they, you know, they put beautiful thoughts on paper and they can communicate with the people around them. I mean, again, this is what like everyone knows is that, that the human capabilities are endless. I'm never surprised when people be like, can you believe blah, blah, blah happened to blah, blah. human beings are capable of so many things, good and bad, but it's just, it's, it's not surprising. It's, but it's enjoyable to see. That's for sure. 
All right. Okay, so I think we've I think we've pretty much come through the topic. Yeah, okay, the topic. I mean, it's it, it, this 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 topic took a while to to get through. It's just like I said, it, this is this is a little esoteric, so it requires more thinking. So there's going to be more pauses and more thought process of like wondering what not. It's but not going to be I'm a lot curious of. Back though, and wait forth. a minute. Let's talk, let's talk back about like personal stories. You have a personal story about any time that you. Let's put it this way: your ego got you in trouble. Okay. Yeah, that ego. Got, yeah. <laughs> that I don't know about. <laughs> oh, now you're trying to flip the script on me, eh? Um. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But you know what? We're out of time. Oh, uh, we'll have to think oh of, yeah, right. We, no, yeah. we are. We are. It's been it's been twenty <laughs> minutes, and that's our cap. Um, Come on, get a, get a quick story in there about your ego getting you in trouble. Come on, man. Um, I'm trying to think. Ego stories. I guess when I was a kid, I had a temper. I would get into trouble. I get into a lot of fights. Um, and. I think that's what got us, got me into a lot of trouble. Um, if I had my ego in check, if I wasn't so angry, if I wasn't so self-centered, I think uh, I, you wouldn't get a phone call from the office every other <laughs> month or two. I think, I think Rabbi Teichman had a chair in the office with my name on it. Yeah. Well, I was good the last, the last year. I, I didn't get into any trouble, but that's really what it was. Was that like, I, de- I definitely had to learn how to humble myself and how to not get so offended because I would get so offended by everything anybody would say. I would take it so personally. And I think it, that's why like, I see people now get offended and take things so personally. I was like, what are you doing? Just stop mm. it. Just, just, it's your ego that's getting in your way and you're trying to give yourself a level of significance. So you're trying to claim one thing or another. That's why you get offended. That's why you want to say you're offended. That's why you're fighting for someone else's cause. No, you're not. You're fighting for your own self-righteousness. That's mm. all it is. It's self-righteousness. I think you hit the nail on the head. Whatever. I think you really hit the nail on the head a lot of co- like we, you know, you know, you don't want to get political, but I think we saw a lot of that in Washington this past week. Oh my God! Yeah, that was yep. ridiculous. Yep. Hey. Okay. Okay. But All love right. you, honey. Love you. Mm. Bye bye. Right, bye bye. Thank you for listening to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. Please like and share and find us on Facebook at Jewish Boy Calls His Mother podcast. We are looking forward to hearing from you.